This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the TOT cast. This is going to be the Blue Jays edition of it. We got a little new intro music going on here in the background with That's some beautiful right. highlights. Oh man, how beautiful is that? Well, well done, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's almost as beautiful as baseball being back, which, thank goodness, is finally here. The Jays, I mean, today's game was rather interesting. I mean, I think Steven Seuss's home run's still up in the air, the one Arnold Leon gave up in the eighth inning. But <laughs> I honestly, it was worthy of a Prince Fielder bat flip. How dare I say? Oh my gosh! Did you the, see that? Oh, the, the scourge of the MLB. <laughs> I <Prince> guess Fielder, <laughs> Cecil Fielder would not be proud of his baby boy right now. I gotta admit, scanning Twitter and seeing some of the responses from Jays fans trolling Rangers fans on that bat flip, it was hilarious. The the fictitious outrage about, well, this is terrible for the game. Absolutely. How could you do such a thing? Flipping his bat. Sam, Dyson, you need to go talk to your teammate. Yeah. Remind him what the rules of the game are. Hey, I mean, Prince jacked that thing out there. It looked good. It's a nice little pimp job he had there. Oh, yeah. I love Prince Fielder. But before we get into bat flip and, quite frankly, what Bautista did the other night, Ooh. this season, I'm pretty excited about it. I can't lie to you. I think this is a team that could win 90 games again. You think they could win the AL East repeat? Or what? Absolutely. There's really nothing that we haven't seen from this team in spring training or in the offseason and the acquisitions that they've made that doesn't say they couldn't repeat. More importantly, well, more importantly is debatable, but I think in my opinion, more importantly, is the lack of any serious movement made by any of the other teams to upgrade some of the spots that they needed. Now, granted, there's obviously David Price going over to the Boston Red Sox, but to be perfectly honest... I was never worried when I heard those heard that news. He's not a guy who's going to be determining the outcomes for their games every single day. But that's just my opinion on it. I don't think there were any moves made in the offseason, basically to sum it up, in the AL East, that has made me nervous of any specific team. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really think of a team in the AL East specifically, aside from Boston, that's made some, some upgrades. You, you look at the Yankees, they got some young guys coming up now. The development of Severino is going to be huge for them in mm-hmm. the rotation because... If he develops and Pineda can stay healthy and Tanaka can stay healthy, there's a lot of big ifs there at the Yankees and the aging roster. And Tanaka won't stay healthy. I'm just saying it's it right now. Not. Yeah, they're delaying the inevitable. Quote, me, quote me right now. What is it? April 5th? 
Today, yeah. <laughs> quote me on that. Tanaka is not getting through the entire season. He's just delaying the inevitable, and he's he's a stubborn guy with that Tommy John surgery. He just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I, I can see why though. I mean, he's still yeah. he's still effective, right? Like his opening day start against Houston wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't, Cole but Bowden. he could be even more effective. But he's you know th- some people that that's how they're going to handle their business, and it's not mine to tell them. He's worth about what two hundred fifty million. <laughs> yeah. The one team I think they at least that could give them some trouble though, aside from Boston and New York, the two that always get brought up is Tampa Bay, which they just happened to play this series. Tampa kind of diminished their offense a bit. They downgraded it this offseason. But their defense and their pitching is second to none. It's very, very good. Their rotation, yes, the Jays mash left-handed hitters, or left-handed pitchers, sorry. Yep. Matt Moore, I mean, he fared pretty well today. Oh, no, he did He did a great job. Considering you're facing the still considered the, high, the highest-powered offense in the league. Yeah. Jake Odorizzi fared all right yesterday. It wasn't his greatest game, but it was... It was okay. Mm-hmm. Archer struggled. That was probably the worst game the Jays will ever see him pitch this year. So let's enjoy that while it's there. But <laughs> you know he's not going to pitch like that again going forward. This is a guy that's owned the Blue Jays over his career. Yeah. So I think the Rays are somebody that teams are sleeping on. Yeah. I think they're going to try and do that Kansas City bullpen, bullpen blueprint and see how far they can get. Well, it's a team of uh, the hey, sports in general, especially professional sports, is a team of imitators when it comes to success. But more importantly than anything right now, there's always that team in baseball, and this happens every year. There's always those two teams. There's the team that completely overachieves everyone's expectations, and then there's the team that underachieves. Yep. I'm scared for the Blue Jays for that because, you know, even just kind of, oh, yeah. hey, look, three games in. Oh, great. Our MVPs out now day to day. It's going to happen. Now, we all knew there was going to be there's going to be injuries, but yep. that's just something that kind of scares me a little bit, Chris. Well, you know what? I know you brought Donaldson's injury there. Before we get into that, too, let's let's talk a bit about this opening series. It was a split. It was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. It was just it was all over the place. You had mm-hmm. some really highs in terms of Stroman, the opening game, yep. bashing home runs, and then you had some lows where the bullpen kind of shit the bed on back to back days, and it it wasn't pretty. I don't know why Arnold <laughs> Leon was in there. I mean, Gibby said because Storm was hot, he didn't want to keep him hot for two days in a row and wear his arm out, especially this early in the season. Which okay, I can understand. Yeah. Osuna pitched as well, so he's unavailable. Mm-hmm. But why not bring in maybe Brett Cecil? Maybe let him get it back like, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I know his streak ended. Let him get right back in there. Don't let him dwell on yeah, it. Yeah, just show some more confidence Honestly, in Honestly, yeah. That, it's a great point because if I, me being a, a relief pitcher, even to this day, playing in Inner County, there's nothing worse than having a bad outing and then having to sit the next game and just think about it. And you, you can attest to that. Yeah. You're, you're a catcher. You know how us pitchers think. Yeah. And how we can kind of mindfuck ourselves when we're not, you know, when we when we just came off a bat. The best thing you could possibly do as a pitcher is just get right back on the bump and do it again. Yeah, especially in a high leverage situation like it was today. Mm-hmm. Where eighth inning, up by one, two runners on. One of the better hitters on the Rays, especially power-wise. Souza, he'll swing from his ass, but when he connects, well, we saw how far that ball goes with his pair of home runs today. I just thought if you want to try Leon out, why not try him out in a lower leverage situation if you yeah. want to see what he has? That's a good point. But then again, at the same time, he's probably, you can make the argument that he is going in his head, well, there's going to be a lot of high-pressure situations this season with the expectations of this team if everything goes according to plan. Why not get him used to it now? Why not get him used to it and adjust to it early? Letting him know because, hey, there's going to be those kind of situations as well. Brett Cecil was already there in the playoffs last year. He's already been yeah. in that kind of situation. So I guess you could, I, honestly, if I was John Gibbons and if there was any reason I could think to bring him into that situation, that would be it. That there's going to be situations like that down the road, and he needs to be adjusted to that by the time that comes. That's fair. I could definitely see that being as a reason why as well. 
for me, it's just it's a division game. Playing a Tropicana Field somewhere, they've always struggled. They went three and six there last year. Get the W's while you can in the division because that's one up in head-to-head competition. Yes, you never know where you're going to in the division. Oh, absolutely. I guess the silver lining in all of this though is we're nitpicking game four of the season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's yes. been a while since we've been able to nitpick Jays baseball like this in game four, and actually be this excited. Of course, the expectations are humongous this year. Everybody's thinking, you know. In my opinion, it's ALCS or bust. I know there's more people the that have way. even bigger expectations than that. Yeah, I think this team is more than capable of it. Yes. More than capable. This series we saw Marcus Stroman do Marcus Stroman things. Yep. But the bigger story, in my opinion, is Aaron Sanchez, who put on some weight this offseason, threw a lot of strikes. He's just It was a totally different Aaron Sanchez. All the things we've been hearing about throughout the spring came together. And he threw an absolute gem his first game. Yep. Seven innings, five hits, one and run, eight Ks, no walks on ninety-one pitches. That's incredible. That that's it was he was just throwing darts out there. It was awesome. And the ball was moving everywhere. It couldn't hit him. Yep. Who do you think had a more impressive performance? Sanchez or Stroman? Definitely Sanchez, because we we've come to almost expect this from Stroman. Yep. This kind of consistency. Now the both of them, the way they throw the ball scares me, but that's just my own personal opinion on it. There's really no there's no scientific reason to back that up or analytics to back that up. I just I never I've never been a big fan of their arm slots because they, these guys they just but they just throw so hard. And if they take yeah. care of themselves, I've got all the confidence in the world that they're gonna have a great season, the both of them. And really this is the thing that this is what we've been ta- how many years have we been talking about this, Chris? Seeing Sanchez and Stroman, the both of them coming up in our minor league system the way that they had. Always hearing about the stories from the minor leagues from as low as A ball. And finally seeing it now kind of come to fruition where the both of them are now starters in our rotation. They're our guys, basically. And to see the kind of performance that they kicked off 2016 with is a very, very uh, encouraging thing to see moving forward. I thought it was great. But I definitely would would give it to Sanchez because this is not... We haven't seen him dominate a start like that. I don't think I've ever seen him dominate a start like that. It's been a while. I mean, last year there were some flashes where he had a start here, a start there, where you're like, okay, he's got some great stuff. Mind you, he's still extremely young. Exactly. But the next thing I would like to see him do is dominate some left-handed hitters. Because that's always been a thing that's kind of been his thorn in his side of his young, young career. But I think that's the next step now, to see him go against a better lineup, see how he fares against some lefties, which we'll see this weekend when he takes on Boston. Yeah, and even just you look at the way he delivers the ball – they're always going to see the ball a little bit better out of his hand from the left side. It's just the way he throws the ball. So if he can find a way, baseball is a game of adjustments. You know this better than, than yep. most people on this planet. It's a game of making the adjustments, and it's constant tweaking, constant adjustments, constant game plans of what they're going to be doing. So if they know what you're going to do next, you've got to make that necessary adjustment because they're going to do it right back to you once you've figured it out. Yeah, And uh, that's going to be a battle that he's going to be going through for most of his career, but it's going to be fun as hell to watch, especially in a Jays uniform. You brought up his arm slot, and before I go further than that, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to start against New York, not Boston, so let me correct myself there. One of the things I saw with Sanchez very early on that some people would say worried them about him wasn't necessarily his arm slot. It's where the ball comes out when he's breaking from his glove. So when his throwing hand is going from his glove to behind his head, Steven Strasburg at times, his elbow would kind of flail back behind his body, yes, which would push in his shoulder blades. And when he'd come back across, it's a lot of torque on his arm developed oh, yeah. from that. Yeah. So that was a thing Sanchez did early on. Now he's he's always been an upright pitcher. He's a nice and easy thrower. He throws what they call easy gas. It's really and it's effortless my- 97, 98, 99. And it's just wow. Yep. 
But the elbow thing was one thing that was mentioned about him is when he breaks, sometimes his elbow kind of lags behind his body Mm -hmm. and you'll see his arm labor through the motion, which was something that some consider a Tommy John precursor for pitchers. Now this is being really pessimistic and nitpicking, but that's something that people notice very early on in his career. It's not so much anymore, but if there was anything people were going to knock about his mechanics, that might be one thing. But overall, his mechanics are actually pretty clean for an upright guy that throws gas and <laughs> his ball moves as much as his does. It's They're pretty damn clean. Absolutely. It's encouraging to always see that. What did you make of Bautista's slide? <laughs> He's, Jose Bautista is, I don't think I've ever been so conflicted about a star player in Toronto. Whereas some nights... And during those years when the Jays were trying to figure it out how to win, those were some times where I would be extremely critical of him. Just making, he makes a great play one second, and then he just does something that more or less can cost his team the game. One thing that's always frustrated me about Jose Batista, now, first of all, the slide itself, was it clean? No, it wasn't clean. It, they, they held it up to the rule. Was it something that is worth getting that upset about in any other situation other than a game-deciding slide tackle? No, it's not that upsetting. It's just more frustrated and magnified because it happened yep. with the game on the line. That's what really just made it more frustrating. The only thing that I've only had a problem with Jose Batista is that no matter what has ever happened to him, even when he's in the wrong, especially when he's in the wrong, he's just, he just never seems to own up to any of this stuff. That is kind of frustrating because he did say... I felt like it was a clean slide. I went right at the bag. What do you want me to do? You know, like, this is how I was taught to play since I was a kid. This is how we're all taught to play the game. Now they're changing the game. How are we supposed to play baseball now? Some of the things he was saying was just kind of like, Jose, man, come on. Like, There's your arm, your wrist pronated out, and you hit his foot. You didn't get called out because of the Chase Utley rule. He interfered with the second baseman. That's always been a rule. I'll take it even further. He closed his hand on his foot. I don't know if people are noticing this, but yeah. when he came out to grab his foot, you can look at the replay. He closed his hand on his foot. You've got to have some sort of awareness to be able to think to yourself, it's there, grab. You don't just do that. That's not. If he was that sincere about it, he would have maybe slapped his hand a little bit off of it, but you could see him gripping it. Yeah. We know you did it. It's okay to just own up to something every now and then, which is something yeah. that he's never necessarily done in his career. I can't remember a specific time where he's been like, yeah, it was my bad or this was the situation. He doesn't have to apologize for it. That's the thing. I don't think he understands that when it's like the yeah, thing that kind of frustrates fans. Yeah, the thing that can frustrate certain fans about him is we don't want you to apologize. We don't need you to apologize. You're, you're one of the most legendary sports figures in Toronto now. But, you know, just a little bit of ownership could go a long way as well as showing your leadership in the clubhouse. But then again, I don't. we don't know that clubhouse. We're not sitting in there every single day. I was just about we to We don't say know that. the ins and outs like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess as a fan, it's just it's a little frustrating to see because it just reminds you of that guy in life that that is like he's got all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't like he he'll never. It's always someone else's fault or some other situation that allowed him to screw up. Well, thankfully we've already seen Jose put all that talent together, so we don't got to worry about that. Exactly, <laughs> I do agree with you though. Where it's just just own up to it, Jose. I mean, it's kind of like he got caught, you know. Just so be it. Move on. Yeah. It's game not a number big deal. four, he, or game number three at the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> and he's a leader of this team. Yeah, so maybe he did go behind closed doors and say, "Guys, I fucked up. My bad." Yeah, no, it's 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 entirely plausible. So I, you know what? And he's always had that kind of 
distance and disdain in him. Not dis- disdain's too strong of a word for the media, but he's always but he had that kind a, of like. But he did have a bit of disdain towards Rogers last year. That's that was I was kind of Rogers. alluding to that absolutely. Yeah, with so. the whole suit thing with Devin Travis, and then exactly. his whole I'm not talking to you guys for the rest of the season. Yep, just unless I have to. And that's kind of what came up in his contract when he said this offseason, I want this and this, and then it leaked out, and then I want shares, I see what your guys' stocks are. It's There's more there underneath the surface than everybody's being told, yep. and that's fine. Keep that shit in-house. I don't, I'd don't. i rather that stuff not get out. Deal with that stuff on your own time, let him play baseball. What do you make about the 46 strikeouts this team had? There, there was a lot of strikeouts this series. They struck out. Forty-six times. You're gonna you're gonna get that with a team that mashes like they do. <laughs> you're gonna especially early yeah. on. Like they look at the end of the day, they, this happens every single time. And and you know what? I'll even take it a step further. This happens at every level of baseball. Yep. There's there's no level of baseball I've ever played at or ever watched where at the start of the season the pitching is miles ahead of the hitting. I mean, look at Syndergaard. I was just about to bring that up again. I so mean, just you you uh, you tell. Well, we were wowing it. I mean, anybody that watched Syndergaard throw, the dude was throwing 95-mile-per-hour sliders. The bat, Kendrick Morales, sixth inning, bases loaded. First pitch, 95-mile-per-hour slider, right up and on the hands. Yep. Good luck. He finishes him off with a 97-mile-per-hour heater right on the outside corner. And it's just like, whoa. He got himself into a jam, and anytime he got himself into a jam, that game Thor would drop the hammer oh, yeah. and blow it by guys. I love that hair. Yeah, I'm going, <laughs> it looks I'm, pretty damn good. That's out there. my goal. That's my goal, folks. You ever <laughs> see me on Twitter or Instagram? That that is the goal. You see how long <laughs> it is right now, and it's getting there. <laughs> I, you know what? But one thing I want to I want to say to all the casual fans out there, let me just make this perfectly clear. At the beginning of the season, you're never going to have a healthier pitching staff, and it doesn't matter if you have starters that that you signed in the offseason that are injured, you're never going to have a healthier pitching staff. Guys have spent the entire season working out, conditioning themselves. They're, they've ne- they have not been in better shape for the entire for, for, and, at, at all during any point of the year than right now. So you're going to see a lot of low-scoring games. You're not going to see a lot of moments where guys are getting their tits lit. But you're going to get them here and there, especially with this Jays club. But if you're seeing things like this, where they strike out 46 times at the beginning of the season, talk to me in June and July when it's a then it's a little bit more troublesome. Yeah. If you're seeing as a team they're they're struggling in the lineup, then it then it's something completely different. But right now the pitching has not been better, so take that into consideration before you start freaking out at the fact that these guys aren't hitting well to start off the year. The pitching has been very, very good the past couple of years too. An interesting thing though that's history breaking, (laughs) record breaking too. Something that's been brought up as an interesting narrative that I found at least was that. For the games where pitchers have anything jacked up, like just getting lit up. Let's use Archer, for example, on opening yeah. day. The one thing they cited right away was that, you know, pitchers don't go as deep as they used to in spring anymore. Archer only went seven innings once this spring. Once. And then he, he had like eight days off between his opening day start and his last start in spring. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep him fresh, but, you know, as a pitcher, sometimes you don't throw on your regular rest. It messes things up. A lot of pitchers are creatures of habits, yep. especially left-handed pitchers. I know Archer's not left-handed, they're, but yeah. <laughs> lefty, lefties are their own breed. Yep, they're, they're different. <laughs> and to play to their point, they could still be dealing with some tweaks. Because when you're just starting to stretch out your arm for that first time. Now, let's make one thing clear. All these guys throw in the offseason. Every single one of these guys. There's there's guys in A-ball. That all the way to. down to A-ball, rookie ball. These guys throw year-round. Yeah, you have to. But, ramp, but it, there's a completely different thing between throwing a flak round in December... 
for like 30 pitches and then trying to ramp it up near the end of spring. And you're going to get those tweaks from time to time. Going back to my point, though, you're never going to have a healthier set of rostered guys that are more locked in and focused than at the beginning of the year when it comes to a bullpen. So maybe Archer was dealing with some stuff, stuff that's not worth sitting out, stuff that's not even worth discussing. Well, but he did it's grab there. his hand a bit, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's there, right? Like, little hip flexor tweak, little tweak in your forearm. I've had plenty of those. You've played through that stuff, yeah. too. You know it. Like, it's, it happens. I think for a lot of the starting pitchers, too, once they get the first start out of the way, you get the feeling of being back on the mound. The juices are back up. The adrenaline's there. The second game, you're over all that shit. You get out there. You throw mm-hmm. the ball. You're back to playing baseball. Exactly. All the allure and opening day and opening week and the series. The distractions, you could even say. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. And I think you're going to start to slowly see the pitchers settle in and become harder and harder to hit. Hopefully for the Jays' offense, though, they'll settle in more and mash and mash and mash more and more. Yeah, definitely. Because they're going to need that. Hopefully Josh Donaldson... This doesn't become a lingering issue. They say it's a calf injury. I don't know about you, but I saw him playing around a lot with his growing the past couple of days. Yeah, like there was a funny. It was a funny thing. Looked like bat. he was banging yeah. him. He was banging his bat. But well, somebody <laughs> you see what somebody tweeted out when they said <laughs> when he came up limp, and they said, "Well, maybe he wasn't fucking his bat so hard." He really got hurt. That was pretty comical, but it was great. But you know, even looking back at that, if we take a second take at it now, especially after this fourth game. Um, he was looking like he was trying to massage something out. A hundred percent. That's why I was kind of surprised when I said it's a calf. I think his legs are just tired, and I think they're just fatigued to the point where he's just trying to stretch it out and just get through the series. He did say, Donaldson did say, that the AstroTurf at Tropicana Field is one of the hardest surfaces he's ever played on, and it wears down your legs. So maybe he's just got literally just tight muscles, Yeah. and he's tired. It's his a very legs are just tired. These guys, if you watch him, Bautista... Even in Carnacion at times, when they swing, their swings are violent. They swing with everything. So yep. their legs, that's taxing on your legs. Mm-hmm. And then for as much as people want to say standing around at their base and waiting for the cynics out there, it's not like that at all. No, no. You're getting in a set position every single time, athletic position. Every time. You're, you're, at, a, you're at a point where your body's almost on the verge of just taking off go, like man. a rocket. Yeah. yeah. Like that, so, that, that twitch muscle and that stuff can tighten up. Because you're literally tighty, tightening your body up, in a sense, every single pitch. Every single one. So who knows? Hopefully, maybe it's just get some fluids in them, stretch them out, get some physio. Because yeah. calves can to linger, too. That's the most That's annoying thing. That's the scary thing about part, man. Calves are like hip flexors. They're, they're those kinds of muscles where you almost use them in literally everything that you do, even just something as simple as walking. Anything lower body is generally not good in terms of a muscle because they tend to linger. The only way they get better, too, is if you rest. Yeah, and you're not going to rest like that. And no. Hell, uh, no average human could even rest like that consistently, enough to get it done in a couple of days. Especially a professional athlete. <laughs> and you know he wants to play in the home opener. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Like, the way the season ended last year, it's going to be rocking on Friday. They're going to be going crazy. Give me what you liked and what you didn't like about this series. They split 2-2, but what did you like in it and what didn't you like? Love the, fight, the fact that they showed some fight even in the game uh, – even in the games that they lost, they're getting themselves on base in the uh, final inning, which tells me that uh, they're locked in, they're engaged, and by no means do they think uh, they're ever out of any game, much to the same way that they were feeling near the end of last year. It just seems like what I liked about this team is that the confidence hasn't left their bodies at all. Oh, it hasn't no. left their minds. Everyone's locked in. That's something I definitely like because even, in, like I said, like I just said, not to repeat myself, but they were in every single game they're right down to the last out. What I didn't necessarily like 
was it seems like the old habits of certain guys in leadership or you know let's just call it what it is Jose Batista swiping the glove swiping the hand kind of going it wasn't me it wasn't me or not taking any kind of responsibility that seems like the old habits of like a 2014 Blue Jays team or a 2013 Blue Jays team I know we're literally nitpicking right now that's fine though but it's true that part of him I don't think is ever going to change. No. It's just we got to kind of resign ourselves to that. But it's always frustrating to watch a guy who is as good as he is kind of just – he claims to take the high road, but then he turns around and goes, well, I could have really I, – I could have tore his ACL. And, like, that's your defense? Seeing that sort of stuff, seeing that defensiveness this early in the season is just something that it's a little it's a little disheartening as a fan to watch. I really wish you would have just said I – I have up. I have no more further comments on it. I'd rather him be that dickhead in a sense that the media would hate and be like, "Well, I wish like why can't Jose say something?" I'd rather him take that route. Oh yeah, just no comment. It yeah. just march on Lynch. It. There's there's two ways to be a dick. Because <laughs> usually he's very good with all his answers, but if you're gonna go down that and get all defensive and open up this Pandora's box of questions, yeah, just. Just snip it in the bud. Just leave it. Like even Gibby, for example. Oh, Gibby's dress well, that, code. That was, we got to mention that real quick before before we. <laughs> that was one of the things I liked about this series is what Gibby said. Mm-hmm. I, I personally liked what Gibbon said, but before that, I liked how they ran the pitches up. There was a lot of pitches thrown by the Rays pitchers this series. Loved it for a team that, quite frankly, mashes the ball. They do not get enough credit for the counts they work. Oh, there was there were some at bats that like I can think of the Bautista at bat where he went three two. That's right, nine pitches, nine pitches on the ninth pitch got a walk. How how and there there you go. There's there's the Bautista we know and love. Yeah, Tulowitzki did the same thing. Donaldson, yeah. Encarnacion. These guys are extremely difficult to pitch to, and the way that they stretch starters out, you may not see it in the box score right away, but if you look closely enough, you're going to see the pitch counts on some of these starting pitchers. Holy hell, do they throw a lot of pitches to the Jays? Yep, and that's a, a very underrated thing. When you got pitchers throwing 90, 100 pitches in the fifth inning, even throwing 80, 80, 90 pitches in the fourth inning, that's huge. Absolutely. That's huge wear and tear on their arm, and it's helping them get better pitches in their wheelhouse that they can drive. And I thought that was a great thing from this series that I hope to see more going forward. And, of course, Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, once again, he took the kind of leadership role I'd wish that we'd seen Bautista take, where he said, maybe we'll wear dresses. Yeah, he said, well, you know what, maybe we'll address it to the game tomorrow. Maybe that's what, that's what they want. Yeah. I had no problems with that. All the, the people out there that were trying to criticize it, get a grip. Yeah. And how he handled it afterwards, though, is the part that I really kind of wish that Batista would do, where he goes, yeah, like I think people are taking things a little bit too seriously. My bad. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Yeah, but I'm a I, in my guy. opinion, you guys are you guys are – People are too sensitive, more yeah. or less. He said people need to lighten up. Yeah. And I totally agree with him. And that's and if totally. Batista had taken that that kind of attitude towards it, I see like once again. It's the only thing I saw that I didn't like so far in this opening series of the twenty sixteen season of these future AL East champion Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I'd agree with you on that part, I hope. I, I really hope they get that far. One other thing I liked with Gibby though too was when you saw Carnacion with the bases loaded on the game where the Bautista play happened with the slide. It looked like he may have got hit in the elbow. It, it, he didn't. But either way, Encarnacion turned the dugout and he tapped his elbow, and he was saying, "I, I might have got hit." And then Gibby flies out of the dugout because you know Gibby, <laughs> Gibby is the ultimate player's coach. Yep. And then Encarnacion gets a Dikembe Mutombo finger wave, saying, no, "No, no, no, I didn't get hit. Go back in the dugout." 
And you see Gibby, and they go, "Do you want to challenge that?" He's like, "Nah, nah, nah." He just goes <laughs> back to lean it on the dugout like Gibby does, and it's just like I, I just love how he stands up for his players ASAP every time. Even the Bautista thing, he came out, it's a joke. Even though he probably saw the replay and goes, "What the hell was he doing?" Yeah, yeah. But he still goes to bat for his players oh, every damn time, and I'm yep. sure that has a reciprocating effect in the clubhouse for a guy. We love Gibby. Yeah, it definitely feels like those players know they ha- that Gibby has it, his back. And that goes a long ways over a 162-game season. So that will take us to Friday. That it will. <laughs> the season opener. Oh, well, the home opener, fun. sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'll be I'm, there. I'm so upset I'm missing it, but <laughs> duty calls. There'll be Strowman versus Porcello, and uh, we'll wrap things up on that, and we'll get out of here with one of Russell Martin's personal favorites will be our new outro. It is Naughty by Nature, Hip Hop Hooray. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to TOTCast. Take care. Take care, boys and girls. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.